From a cozy sound booth in downtown Chicago, it's the American Soccer Show. Eric Alcantar here with Emmett McConnell, and we're here to talk all things soccer in America. On this show, we'll look ahead to some of the upcoming MLS action, as well as preview the U.S. men's national team's game tomorrow night against Paraguay. And it's a special day on the show, too, as we have our first guest in studio to talk about the relegation battle in England. Derek Rammer, welcome. How are you doing today? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Derek, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, I played soccer with you in college at Emmett at uh, Wesleyan University, uh, D3 powerhouse. Absolute powerhouse. And for those who don't know, I was a goalkeeper, card-carrying member of the union. Yeah, card-carrying member of the goalkeeper's union, to be clear. Yeah, it has a monthly due, which is killing my bank account. Another for- well, former member of the goalkeeper's union was Derek Rammer, who is, well, you could say my understudy in college at Wesleyan. We played goalkeeper together. And uh, believe it or not, despite me being two years older than him, he started a college game before me. So, fun fact. And to show how talented he is. Very promising start to the career. Did not end as promisingly, let's just say. Yeah, but you know, we all love those young promising talents who start off and then don't go anywhere. I mean, there's countless players like that. Freddie Adu. I mean, well, that one kind of burns a little bit. <laughs> what? I, I miss Freddie Adu. What? Yeah, I, I feel bad for the guy. Yeah, God, he was a real talent. Anyway, uh, <laughs> speaking of talent, we are talent, right? Of course. Yeah, yeah. T- just by definition. Thankfully, the talent had the week off from class, so we are going to take this week to get refreshed. And what? do you have any big plans for this week? Big plans? No. I, uh, honestly, today I... I I woke up sour from the international break, ate too much sour, pea, sour <laughs> ate too much pea soup, and my belly kind of hurts. So that's on a all scale, I have to say on a about scale that. of sour patch kid to sour skittle. Um, more like pea soup gone sour because oh. you left it Uh-oh. in the fridge for too long. Okay, which did not happen in this case, but that's... it was fresh, but it was it was still too much. So it's quite. If you've ever smelled pea soup gone sour, it's repugnant. Fresh, though. It's delicious. That's disturbing. Okay. Fun fact. All right. Yeah. Um, I don't have any big plans either, but that's because that's I, th- I think I prefer it that way. I, I'm with you. I like that. to take a, just a week off and just hide from everybody. You know, don't don't contact anyone. Live like a hermit, maybe. It's What's honest, wrong with that? It's appealing to me. It, it, I it, like it. It, it seriously I is. Just, I can watch my sports in peace. I mean... See, the problem is when I'm not busy, though... I don't have any motivation to watch sports. So I didn't. Well, I watched like one soccer game this weekend. Don't tell them that. Well, it's true. <laughs> I watched the Red Bulls game. <laughs> not, oh my goodness. Which, which, I was about to say not the Union game, but I forgot. The Union were not play. on. Derek, how about you? Well, you're not off. You're yeah, a working man. I am a working man. I'm off these three days, but. Yeah. I want to do Congratulations. Yeah, yeah, no, it just took some yeah, paid time here. off, trying to enjoy the city. And uh, yeah, it's a big plan today, I hear. Yeah, I'm going to Blackhawks game tonight, so different uh. sport, but. <laughs> Uh, I am also enjoying the international break as my my team is in quite the battle right now in England. So I'm yeah. really trying hard to not lose any sleep over that when I don't have to. Well, so. speaking of the uh, Blackhawks and bad Chicago teams, Chicago Fire are one of, what, three teams that have yet to get a point this season? Yeah, that is correct. Portland and Colorado earned their first points of the season, meaning the only three teams without a point now are the Chicago Fire, and then two teams that you would have totally expected to be there at this point in the season, Toronto and Seattle. The two first-place teams from last year, if I'm not mistaken. Well, the two teams that went to MLS Cup Final, so. First-place teams and went to MLS Cup Final. I, Seattle's done this before, I think. They've had times, well, like, they, when they won the, the yeah. Cup, they finished in sixth place. They were seriously struggling. It, I mean, they brought in Ladero. It was huge for them, but I... I <laughs> so what you're saying is they the need same. another Ladero. 
Um, I mean, maybe, maybe maybe eleven of them. I, I, probably one who's a striker. Yeah, would be would be nice. Yeah, with Morris out. Help. I mean, Snake. still, I think I can see them in Toronto turning it over. I hate to say it, but the Fire need to show something different. Lee Win, bring in Lee Win. The difference maker. Yes, Lee Win. I don't know. I have no idea what they're going to do. He's a quality player, they really but... don't look like they have any direction. I will say that they're only two games in. But all three of these teams I've actually only played twice. Whereas there are teams that have now played four times, so I, I yeah I agree. It's it's not time to panic fair, yet. In two games, last year the Philadelphia Union went zero four and four in the first eight games, and then finished the season very near the bottom, in eighth place, very close to the bottom, about three places. <laughs> but, but the point is, okay. wait until you you know wait six games, and then we can talk about panic time. Okay. All right, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, we're going to talk first about the battle for Los Angeles coming up on Saturday. So, uh, But last Friday, the LA Galaxy announced that they were bringing in Zlatan Ibrahimovic. And the rumor is that he could be in the squad on Saturday against LAFC. Does, but does this move, in your opinion, really improve the Galaxy at all? Yeah, he's a great player, right? He's still a great player. No? I, I, mean, I mean, the last time I saw him, he didn't look that great, but he was coming off the injury. He's coming off the injury. I don't, know, I don't know if he'll ever be the same after the injury. I think he might have. He's, he's he didn't really have. A, he was kind of losing his speed and his steam as he was going along. But he, he was never a guy. Even in his younger years, he wasn't a guy who, really, who relied on on pace. Well, no, he's not. He's, but he's an he's, athlete. He, yeah, but he's big and he's strong, and those are his athletic features, not speed. He's got. A, he's he's tricky. He's got a pretty good first step. He may, might lose that. But Can he and Ola Kamara play together? That's a that's a completely different question. I said before I don't think so. And it's the problem because I don't think you can take Ola just out of the squad on a whim now. And playing them together, that might be a little tough. There have been people suggesting that maybe if Zlatan were, be, were to be content by coming off the bench as a super sub, he'd be really effective. And I agree with that idea. However, that's not going to fly. I don't, Zlatan's ego will not allow him to come off the bench as a super sub. You don't pay that kind of money to bring a guy off the bench. And the Galaxy fans as a whole, if the team is struggling, are going to demand that this man starts. So I, I think they've kind of painted themselves in the corner in the sense that he's going to have to play. He's going to play big minutes for them. And if it doesn't work out, I think there's going to be a lot of tension within the LA Galaxy fan base because this is a team now that's starting to kind of head south and maybe start throwing darts at the wall to try to get the team back together. They, well, they, it seemed like they were going away from that whole MLS 1.0 of let's bring in, and uh, some of these have worked, like Robbie Keane, let's bring in Steven Gerrard, let's bring in Ashley Cole. Steven Gerrard was just, that was brutal. Right, so they, they, they have a history of bringing in... I don't think it'll be that bad. Let's bring in Landon Donovan. Again. Looking at you, Leon. <laughs> so, like, they, and now the Ibrahimovic, they have that history, but they did bring in the Dos Santos brothers, and he thought, well, this could be a good move for them to bring in younger talents at the peak of their career, some of the better players in the Mexican team, and... I, I, and I, I'm just going to throw this out there right now. Giovanni Dos Santos is not one of the better players on that Mexican team. He has been so He should be, though. Mad. He, he has should been. be. He should be. And it's a real shame what's happened to him, but I've been over him plenty of times, so... Yeah, there he's, was like, a, he's like that ex-girlfriend that just won't go away. He's always on your mind. <laughs> yes, you'll know, you'll you wake know, up in the middle of the night screaming his name. You'll never, <laughs> you'll never forget him because you're like, oh, but that one time. And it's like, but that one time's gone. He had that one really nice volley in his first year. That it's, was nice. Things, things, Remember that one? Oh, man. Well, luckily you're not a Galaxy fan. Well, yes, thankfully. But it, who would have ever thought you'd be saying that? What, luckily? Like, like three or four years ago, you would have been like, man, imagine being a Galaxy fan. The glory hunters, a lot of them. And now look at them. Well, they kind of were, weren't they? Yeah. I mean, anyway, Kamara is an out-and-out out number nine. He has a different play style from Ibra, who wants to hold it up. That's true. And be a target man. Ola wants to run the channels and make those near-post runs, while Ibra probably just wants to sit on the back stick and just 
head in crosses. So they could work. It could work. It could work. Uh, we'll see. Uh, their defense for me is really kind of the thing that is troubling because they don't have any like Ashley Cole is hit or miss. That that guy is that worries me. A player that can constantly get himself sent off playing out there. That's a little rough. The, their defense has shown that they can be leaky. At times they can be pretty good. They actually played a back five against Vancouver this weekend because they just didn't have like that many players. They didn't even have to name a full bench. They actually had to leave. They had to name two goalkeepers to the bench. And then, <laughs> just in case. Just that's how little faith they had? <laughs> no, they literally didn't have anything else to put out there, so they just decided it's fine. We'll just name two goalkeepers and not even fill out the whole bench because we literally don't have anybody else to put there. Because you're just going to pack it in. So, look, I mean, that's that's international break. That's injuries. That is bad timing for them. I do want to say this. I, I think that they have a good core of attacking players. Sebastian Legette's going to come back from that injury, and I think he'll be better. He's a quality player. He's a quality player. Alessandrini, he's still there. He, on I the think wing. he kind of gets lost. He'll be huge for them when they, if they have him and Ibrahimovic. The and service Kamara, that he, can, he, and, can, he yeah, can provide. Those are good attacking players. You know, Giovanni Dos Santos is a guy who's getting paid big guy money. He uh, occupies a space in the field. It's not that big. You have to account for him because he has number 10 on his jersey. You have to. Uh, Giovanni, uh, Jonathan Dos Santos, the actual talented brother who can play box-to-box, that's not a bad option. I'm with you. Their defense is what needs help and the, the most. The other thing I wanted to say was, I mean, these, this midfield has a lot of moving parts. I just made, named a lot of them. I didn't even get to Perry Kitchen. That, Emmanuel Boateng sees pretty consistent oh, yeah, time. That, like, yeah. the, that, that's a, a lot midfield. of players for those spots. And, I mean, it's a good thing for them because they don't really have depth in a lot of other positions. But... At the same time, that's a lot of moving parts. That's a lot of solid but not great players. Nobody to really bring them together. So we'll see how that kind of goes. Uh, it, it may take time, and the Galaxy fans may not want to hear it, but it might be another season before they can finally kind of mold this squad into what the, the vision is going forward. And I'm still not really sure what that vision is because Ibrahimovic is a one, maybe two season fix. It'd be interesting to see if LA Galaxy kind of turn into, uh, you know, former MLS glory. You know, they kind of like the way D, what's happened at DC United. How every Gosh. other team is kind of moving on. I don't think that'll ever happen. Well, the thing is, DC's not done, right? They're having a chance to rebuild. But with LAFC in Los Angeles, while the Galaxy are out in Carson, you know, it's <laughs> like, like 15 miles from the city. StubHub Center, the home of the LA Chargers, yes. Exactly. I mean, I, th- I think they're, in a, they're moving away. They signed a couple homegrown players recently. But they only have two on their roster. Okay? That's, that's not that many. I think most teams can say at least they have, you know, Four or five, yeah, so that could be maybe a it, maybe it's a move that they're trying to make, get some more youth, actually, and this is just a transition period. I actually have a, a family member who's related to a former Galaxy player whose name always escapes me, but he was a homegrown talent. He went through their whole academy system and everything, and they let him go. So my it's, apologies go out to him, whose name I honestly can't remember. And I it feel seems bad. like they don't just give the chance to those guys because they're bringing in guys like Ibra, like Kamara. They're bringing in. Ashley Cole, and these guys aren't getting a chance. I mean, they still have a couple quality players in the midfield as well that I forgot to mention. Um, they have uh, Jao Pedro, who I've seen him play, and he actually seems like a pretty decent player. Uh, Michael Chani in defense. I mean, they have parts. Can they put it together? Yeah, it's, they that's, they that's all seem like concern. a sum of individual parts right. is the problem. Yeah, so let's jump to the actual Los Angeles because they have uh, reportedly decided to fill their last DP spot with 21-year-old Portuguese midfielder Andre Horta from uh, Braga, who is on loan from Benfica, actually. So he's a central midfielder who is definitely attacking-oriented based on what I've seen. He's played about an equal amount of games in the central midfield and then in the attacking midfield as well. 
uh, I, I'm interested because, you know, when we talked about this a couple weeks ago, we mentioned that maybe they'd be best suited bringing in another more defensive-minded player. This guy, very much not a defensive player. What do you think about adding this kind of, you know, creative attacking player, another one, to an already loaded squad up front? I mean, is it the Atlanta United recipe that they're kind of going for? Is yeah. Play maybe four defensive-minded players, and, <laughs> and then and, and everyone think, else barges forward yeah, and you just overwhelm the other team. You can't lose if you score nine times. Yeah, that's a good point. I've yet to see a team lose when they score nine times. I mean, Atlanta is very exciting. Uh, like I, whenever I turn on a game and Atlanta's playing, I'm always. I mean, Joseph Martinez is stud. The, the, I mean, let's be real. They have at least five or six studs in that team. Oh yeah, Almiron. We haven't even seen played. Barco yet. Yes. Um, I'm a huge fan of Jalink Russell now playing wing back. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ed Guzan, the, the, the juggernaut back there. The forgotten American goalkeeper star. Like the, but the problem is they have their like midfield, defensive midfield assets and center backs, you know, leave something to be desired. Parkhurst is like 34 now. Um, what LAFC has, and to its advantage, they have Walt, Lawrence Simon and Walker Simmerman, mm-hmm. who are both big, strong defenders. They have Zhao uh, Muccino. The other Jao Muccino, who I guess is playing left back now. Uh, honestly, I, I can see him slotting in right away. Maybe not right away into an attacking midfielder. Maybe they kind of play a three-man midfield with um, with uh, Failhaber and Horta above K, who kind of just sits as that one, that number six. Yeah, K... Kay's been pretty good so far, so I mean that that could work just fine. And my other idea was, and we've we've also talked about this before, if you bring in another midfielder, could it be then that you move Carlos Vela either to his more natural position at right wing and you move Blessing to the bench? I mean Vela can play basically everywhere in the three front positions. So if you need to use Marcus Arena on the off the bench, that's a position that you can put Vela then as a number nine. You can play him on either wing and rest Blessing or Rossi. Although I don't imagine Rossi will be getting too many games off himself. I, it does give you options, and I'm always a fan of bringing in a player who can give you those kinds of options, right? Because at some point, there are going to be injuries. The international breaks are going to come and go. The World Cup break, I, I don't know how many games LAFC is going to play during that time, but I, I have to imagine that it's uh, the, they might have to play one or two. Without they'll be some... missing Simon and Vela. They'll be missing some Anirania, missing yeah. some important players. They will be. So these kinds of signings are important. LAFC, their depth isn't great, but now all of a sudden their midfield may be able to actually handle one injury, whereas before one injury could have honestly derailed this entire team. And that's kind of therein lies, I think, their biggest weakness is their depth. And adding just this one player brings so much into what they can do with their rotation. Especially because he can go so many different places. Like in terms of you can play him centrally, you can play him a little higher up the field. He, he has apparently played, at least according to the website I was reading, has played on the left-hand side as both a wing and a left midfielder. I don't imagine that's something you want to be consistently doing, but it shows that he has done it before. And if they want to do that, they can move Rossi into the attacking midfield role. Again, again, that's the biggest thing is here, it gives them options. Like, whether or not he ends up being that great, I mean, we saw uh, Omar Gaber, uh, definitely not pronouncing that right, from Egypt, a uh, former Bob Bradley player. Uh, he, he definitely brought him in for a reason, not to yeah. sit the bench every game. So they, they have some options. Like, even if they don't turn out the, and to be huge players for them, and I'm assuming this guy will because he's a DP, uh, which, okay, let me not get ahead of ourselves, other LA, LA team, but, you know, <laughs> it's it's important to have that kind of those kind of options. Yeah, and how about that 21-year-old DP, 19-year-old DP, Carlos Vela, who's looking pretty good these days, if you can keep him motivated. Every move they seem to be making seems to be striking gold. Tyler Miller, the Northwestern Wildcat, who was going to get mentioned on this show every single week until he gives me a reason not to. It's Yeah, it's impressive, and you know what? I all put it down to Will Ferrell's manager, what is it? 
not managerial genius, but there's ownership, ownership genius. Ownership genius. I'm sure he's behind this. Genius. That I man. mean, I don't know. I know they have a bunch of other celebrity owners, but that's the big one who I always see the face of the organization. Yeah, I was actually looking at the list of owners of LAFC before this this podcast, and I, there's so I've never seen a team with so many owners. You're breaking the fourth wall, Derek. <laughs> You're not supposed to tell them it's a podcast. You can't tell them. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's all good. It's all good. Uh, this uh, this Classico, the LA Derby, 3 p.m. Eastern on Saturday at the StubHub Center in Carson, on Bart Simpson Fox. After the 12:30 game, also on Bart Simpson Fox between Bayern Munich and Borussia Dortmund. How about that? It was a bigger matchup in former years. <laughs> hey, so it'll probably still be exciting because Dortmund, you know, will probably step up to the let's, challenge. Let's but. just get this straight right now. Christian Pulisic will score on Saturday. There's no guarantee okay. he's even going to be in the squad. Are you? Now I'm not going to argue with you there. Okay. Can you imagine if Fox? He's will, not even in the squad, and he's outscoring somewhere. Fox would probably give anything for Pulisic to be in the starting eleven and to have a good showing. I wouldn't. What do you think they 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 call up Dortmund and be like, hey, you Fox? Know, yeah, like hey, you know. We, Got us run in America. Please put Pulisic on the bench, man. Just put him on the bench. Well, you know, we had a, we want to put someone. Just do it. I don't. Do I think he'll make the bench. He doesn't. He doesn't usually not make the the eighteen. Like he's usually in it. Yeah, and he's he has he's he's getting been getting better for them. Seeing more time, he's been improving in Dortmund. And I think that's gonna be the most important thing for him. Yeah. So uh, back to the uh, back to the real uh, classico here, if you will. Uh, little sidetrack. Who do you who do you got? Who's winning? I think LAFC shows up on this one. Uh, it's it's their hometown, and now I know it's an LA Galaxy home game, but I expect the LAFC fans to show up in big numbers. Uh, if they let them. If they let them, well, they'll you know they'll probably give them one to two thousand seats or something. Uh, and even if Ibrahimovic starts, I, I, that'd which, be crazy. But it I would guess, be crazy. It's possible, right? It's possible. I mean, it's that big a name, be a big draw. Um, I, I still see that LAFC defense with Simon and if Zimmerman's healthy playing, being able to handle him because I don't without Alessandrini, it's gonna be tough for them to get service in the Ibrahimovic and he, he could struggle without service. Um, you know, same thing with Kamara. Kamara's struggle relies probably more than Ibrahimovic on service has been struggling. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I'm with you on the LAFC thing, uh, Derek. No pressure, but who's who's gonna win? Um, Pretty decisive LAFC victory, I would say. Decisive. decisive. Well, see, that's interesting. I don't think I, it'll be decisive. I'm on. I'm in the camp that I think that the Galaxy, at least with their current format of bringing in these aging uh, stars from Europe, I'm not a huge fan of that that format, and I think that it's going to hurt them before it helps them. Aging stars. Interesting. Chris Pontius among them. I'm a big fan <laughs> of his. I hope he plays. I don't think he's gotten any time yet. Now, the, I think a question that I want to pose to both of you here is. What would be the name? We, we mentioned it early, uh, the L.A. Classico, the L.A. Derby. What, what would you guys call it? Uh, that's an interesting question. Is there some, maybe there's a highway between them that, you know, takes you from Los Angeles to Carson that I, I'm not familiar with because I, I do don't not live, live over there? I've never lived in L.A., I couldn't say. I know some uh, derbies have been called that. I know on the East Coast there's a 95 derby. Uh, that connects pretty much every team on the East Coast, so it's not really a fair one to do. <laughs> But well, on, on the RMLS page, they have, like, a Nor'easter gauntlet where they just take all the, like, Northeast teams and say that it's, like, just one big table at the end of the season and give out a <laughs> fake trophy. Hey, I mean, okay, so there's a question. If you consider Northeast, do you consider D.C. United in there? Because they're more of a mid-Atlantic team. And now you're starting to get to the point where I have no idea. Probably not, but maybe based no, on history enough. because, I mean, it wasn't that long ago that there weren't that many teams in the Northeast. I'm going to call it the L.A. Classic. That's my bet. 
Now, was there a name when Galaxy played Chivas back when Chivas was in MLS? Yeah, that's game. a good question. It was the StubHub Derby because they both played in the same stadium. My God. Now, or, as it used to be known, the Home Depot Center. So it was the Depot Derby. Yes. Yes, now <laughs> we're getting somewhere. I, and by the way, I did. I, I, I figured it out. It's Rafael Garcia who used to be it's from the same town that my parents grew up in, from in Mexico. And he was an Academy product of the Galaxy for a few years. Option declined after the 2017 season. I bet they're really regretting that now, huh? Because his Instagram shows that man is fully fit. Where, playing where? Is he playing anywhere or is he free agent? <laughs> on the beach. Like looking good on that Instagram beach. Yes. That's, yes. that's what matters. The Super Classico, by the way. The Super. Honda Super Classico is what they used to call that Chivas versus uh, Galaxy it. matchup. It was sponsored. So maybe it was maybe big, we should bring deal. Derek Vaughn full time. He could Google these kinds of things and we don't know them. <laughs> I mean, I kind of like that. Super Classico. Yeah, I mean, that works. It's very yeah. lopsided. Yeah, I can imagine. All right, uh, let's switch coasts because there's another ambitious expansion side out there, even though this one technically doesn't exist yet. Rumor has it David Beckham is interested in three people to help jumpstart his franchise. Those three men are Wayne Rooney, Cristiano Ronaldo, and Carlo Ancelotti. That team doesn't exist yet, but let's say they do get going in 2020, as is the current plan. When the 2020 season starts, Ronaldo will be 35, Wayne Rooney will be 34. Rooney has 10 goals in 26 games this season. Not bad, not great. Ronaldo's been tearing up 2018 ever since uh, his 2017 ended very, very, how we say, poorly for him, I guess. And in two years, I don't know if these are the guys that I would want to start a team with, right? Because they're, they're getting old already, and we're starting to see decline in both of them. In two years, that's only going to be exasperated that much more. And, I mean, playing them both on the field at the same time, that's kind of risky in and of itself. David Beckham, I, I understand what he would be trying to do, right? Because that's, that's a move to sell tickets. Ronaldo, I don't have any doubt. He keeps himself in phenomenal shape. Could probably still go in two years. Wayne Rooney, I'm sure his style lends itself to being able to stick around, but he might have the same problems that Steven Gerrard has where he's maybe not as motivated to continue going because, I mean, he had a chance to move, and I think that if, if we wanted Wayne Rooney in MLS, the time was this past summer. Because his move to Everton has kind of shown that you know he still has something there, but now again, if you want to bring him in in two years, I don't know how much more he's going to have left in the tank. What do you think? So, so here's the thing I see with this: Ronaldo was a guy, a very fast guy, pace reliant. Rooney, not so much anymore. Uh, he's kind of adjusted his style at least in the past like four or five years. What? No matter what happens, these guys are going to bring in names. They're gonna they're gonna bring in fans. That's true. They're gonna Celtics. be able to attract other names. Think how many people are gonna want to play with Cristiano Ronaldo? It's gonna be massive. And don't get me wrong, like both those guys still have it in them. So what we talked about there's eight games left in the Premier League. Rooney has ten goals. His last two seasons for United, he had thirteen combined. And he's only exceeded twenty twice in the 09-10 season and the 2012-2013 season, where he got twenty-six and twenty-seven. Other than that, he's gotten 12, 17, 12, 11, 12, 12, 14, 16, 11. And that's the beginning of his United career in 2004. So is this really a bad season for him? Especially he's playing such a deep, he's playing a deeper role than he's ever played. Yeah, he has. So all things considered, I, 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 he's I look, still back in goals pretty well. I, I look forward to his uh, to his move to center back as a really deep lying playmaker. Super deep. And then, and then when he's 45, keeper. moving to being a sweeper keeper. Oh, my goodness. Think of, He'd be think a of star. the assists. Ancelotti hasn't been great in his past few years, but again, he's got the biggest thing these guys have is it's similar to Martino. Ancelotti will be one of the better coaches in the league with Martino. They and they bring in names. Yeah. 
I they mean, do, like, Carlos Ancelotti would immediately become Carlo. Excuse me, God, why did I call him Carlos? Carlos. Carlos. It's because he's moving to Miami. He's gonna. He's gonna take. He'll on become the name. Carlos. Yes. Uh, Carlo Ancelotti would immediately become, in terms of pedigree, at least, the greatest coach in MLS history the minute he gets signed on. Right. So it's gotta be. He's, he would get, I, look, he still has something to prove in the sense that the last time we saw him, his team basically turned on him. We've seen now that Bayern have gone on to win many matches without him. They were clearly stumbling. I, I do I do think that he has something to prove to himself now, whether or not he has to do that in MLS, I really don't think so. And again, he'd have to wait until 2020. It's not to say he couldn't do something in the meantime. Maybe he could take his traits to, say, Stoke City, Ackerton Stanley, who knows? I mean, they... Ipswich Town. Ipswich, yeah, a promoted team to the Premier League. Uh, say, get a get a League One side next season and then get them to the... Uh, to the, uh, pull, to the a, pull a Rafa, League. so to speak. Yeah. Rafa Benitez. Yeah, think about it. You could get a real... Play the FIFA career mode, basically. Can you imagine? Carlo Ancelotti. I think he's in his room doing that right now. I mean, perhaps. Maybe. What I, FIFA? Do you think he's bought the newest FIFA? Or do you think he's like maybe Car- playing FIFA 15? Carlo Ancelotti is a man of class. He's playing FIFA 99 and reliving the glory days. His own glory days. Yes. Derek, yes. what do you think about this potential grouping? So I'm going to go with a different take on, on this in terms of, as opposed to going with the practicality of them fitting into the team, like essentially on the field, I'm going to go with the off the field, what, what I know, the pulse I know, essentially. I got a decent pulse, at least with Ronaldo in Spain. I know he's having quite the running with the Spanish tax authorities at the moment, so he... Isn't everyone there, though? He, that's true. Xabi <laughs> Alonso's still feeling yeah, it. So he, I, he could the all-tax teams was pretty good, actually. He yeah. could very well look be looking at a big money move. I mean, he's very into his own image off the pitch, so he's all about the different branding, true, true. different sponsorship deals. Miami's a great place for that. I mean, it's essentially model city down there. He'll be have a great time. He'll be having his beach shots all the time. I think Miami's the perfect place if he wants to come to the U.S. for him to go. Plus, his kids will be U.S. eligible. Well, he has one of his... His son is actually... Yeah. The oldest one is Ameri- well, was American-born, so yes, he's so a U.S. citizen. Schweinsteiger, Ronaldo would be unstoppable. What do we? How old do I have to be when those kids <laughs> be, start making it? Uh, what are you, like... <laughs> Come on, let's hear it. <laughs> <laughs> like 28, 29 now? So, yeah. Well, first of all, wrong. Second okay. of all... I'll have to be like in my fifties when these kids are like reaching their peak. Not necessarily eighteen. Well, some of them have already been born. Like eighteen so years from now. Yeah. Yeah, that's not bad. I mean, by then, if you're assuming I'm thirty, then I would be forty-eight. Nearly fifty, but not quite fifty. Just old enough. I mean, like for example. But then they would be reaching their peak anyway. They won't be. They won't be ready for the twenty twenty-six, which hopefully will be here. But perhaps it's a pipe dream. If I was how could you passion with Schweinsteiger? And I decide to play in Chicago for however many years he does. It's not going to be as long as he plays in Germany. I think I'd prefer my kid to move back to Germany and play there. So please, by then we'll own the soccer world. Well, his his wife is Serbian, right? So he he could also play for Serbia. It spins on there. Interesting. Oh God, another one is leaving for Serbia. <laughs> can you imagine? He's Nevan like, Subotic, what did you do to us? Can you imagine? He's like, oh, he comes. He turns out to be a really talented academy product, and he plays for the U.S. and the U.S. squads. And then all of a sudden, one day he goes, he's switching, and everyone's like, oh, we lost one to Germany. Well, no shame in that, right? And it's like actually he's leaving for Serbia. Serbia's the a good riot. team. The riot. If he was a defender, I'd believe it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Enough grudges about Subotic. Speaking of the U.S. national team, uh, they're in action tomorrow night against Paraguay in North Carolina. Didn't realize they had soccer stadiums there. It's going to be very interesting to see. They're, they put in a bid for the uh, for an MLS team, didn't they? They did. They did, actually. Uh, I don't think they'd play there, though. No, probably uh, not. Which player are you most excited to see? Honestly? Tomorrow? Not going to talk about any given player, but I'm excited to see how they line up. Just the team's attitude in general, because there's a lot of guys with not a lot of experience. 
I think we're almost guaranteed to see someone play who hasn't been capped yet or has, like, one or two. Right. And and it, it's just going to be it's gonna be fascinating to see how these kids react because, you know, everyone out there is looking to make a name for themselves and looking to get that next call-up. And no, how matter, no matter how well you do for your club, there's a certain amount you have to be able to do for your country to continue to get call-ups. If you continue to just be absolutely dreadful, unless you're, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo, you, it's, you're not going to keep getting those call-ups. So if you're one of these kids, you really got to prove yourself out here. And it's, it's going to be, everyone's going to be 100% motivated. Right. That's for sure. I agree with that. Especially with the, the you know, the whole World Cup fiasco. They know What's that. What's a I, World Cup? <laughs> I'm not crying, you're crying. <laughs> the point here is that they're going to want to, you know, show up and show that, you know, maybe they should have been the team that got picked to represent the U.S. in the Hex. For uh, PSG, I, I just want to see him. Let's be honest. I'm, I've bought full into that hype train. And I, I honestly think that he has the potential to really grow up front, even having sold Lucas in January. There's really not going to be that much room for him to play. It's honestly a miracle that he got in at all this year. But, you know, he's got the football in his blood. He's shown that he's really dedicated to this team. He apparently has gotten negative comments on Twitter because people don't seem to understand that he was not there in Trinidad that night or in any of the Hex qualifiers. I or... love that. I think that's so funny. Because how do you react to that? Do you, like, lash out and be like, how, how dare you talk to my heroes that way? Or do you just be like, I wasn't there, guy? <laughs> <laughs> I, he was literally like, well, it just motivates me to be you know tougher. We have to be better. And it's like, wow. I wonder how many players in the future of the U.S. are going to be asked about that night. You're gonna have, I was 15. You're going to have young Ronaldo and Schweinsteiger being asked <laughs> about that night. They're like, I, I don't even remember Could you, that. Can you get it done on a rainy, cold I think it was a hot, a hot, muggy night. Was it cold? I don't remember on it. it I guess matter. cold doesn't make any sense in Trinidad. You're right. It was probably tro- a tropical, wet night in Trinidad with the World Cup on the line. Can you do it? I probably couldn't. The question I'll we'll be, be asking. I'll be honest. I, I couldn't do it. <laughs> the question we'll be asking future generations. Derek, you got anybody in mind? Yeah, I'm actually going to echo George Way. Uh, or his son, sorry, uh, Timmy Way. Um, George, I mean, his dad is the president of Liberia. That's Sida. big. His dad was gold. No nepotism here. Ballon d'Or, Ballon d'Or winner in 94. Um, and I'm excited. He's playing for PSG. He's been capped twice since he started there. Um, I'm really excited to see an American in, a, a, I guess, a system like PSG. I know we had Pulisic in Dortmund, which has turned out well for us so far. A player that's gone through an academy system like, like one of the bigger European clubs and see how that pans out. I'm also interested in Shaq Moore. He's one of the first Americans I've seen playing in Spain, actually. He plays for Levante. He's been capped about six times this year. Um, interested to see how that pans out. I mean, it's not really... We have a lot of Americans that have played in Germany. It's a couple, a handful in the UK. But Spain's kind of that weird outside area where not many Americans yeah, play. Yeah, Spain and Italy kind of have been left out. Like, Michael Bradley's the biggest standout I can think of. And he was cool. Hey, Let's Lala, be real. He Alexi was... Lalas played in Italy. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> Recently Alexi speaking, yeah. uh, Bradley was great in Italy. <laughs> he actually got the name, the nickname The General, uh, both at Chievo and Roma, where he wasn't even really playing behind Daniela De Rossi just because of how he kind of controlled the games there. Now, I know, you know, we're talking about Trinidad and everyone hates Michael Bradley, but he did really <laughs> yes, well there. I'm, I'm with you. I think Spain is the best way to, the best place to gather talent, the best way to gain talent. It's such a technical league, such a tactical league that that's, it, it will be extremely interesting to see how someone from that league kind of plays with German, you know, disciplined, high-octane sport and England's just like, 
scrappy. Out, yes, all out. It's and it's gotten less scrappy over the yeah. years, but you know, it's, well, it's, it's the idea. Here's the other thing too. Like when we were in Orlando, we went to the ESPN Worldwide of Sports Complex, and they were talking about how many La Liga tournaments they hold in the summertime. And I'm like, oh, so they they get it. La Liga knows that there will be a lot of American children coming through the system that will be interested in playing in Europe, and they seem to want to capitalize on that. And it makes sense. I mean, you know, every, yep. everywhere else in the world that's been producing players for years, everybody's got their foothold there. So, But here in the U.S., it's still kind of developing. I'm, I'm really interested to see that develop it's, as well. That's probably the, the next best step for American soccer is just expanding those roots into other countries. And, you know, we, we've done it in the Netherlands. Uh, we've, we've seen plenty of players come up through there, but I don't know if that's exactly the best proving ground. Well, we'll see. We will see. Uh, one other one I wanted to shout out. Weston McKinney, because I was on that hype train a long time ago, too, and I still believe in him. He is, I think he's going to be a fine player, and I think Schalke, in general, seems to be taking Good it upon to themselves grow. to bring the Americans into the Bundesliga, so I do appreciate that as well. God, yeah, I think we should all just become Schalke fans now. I'm okay with is that. that. Is that p- people pick teams like that because of Americans, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that seems like a better option than some of the other things we usually <laughs> used to pick it. Right, Derek? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll get to that. <laughs> do, we, um, do we know who's in goal? Uh, the th- I know the three goalies that are there. I mean, I actually went to, side note here, Emmett, I went to a goalie camp with Alex Bono back in the college recruiting days. I met really? a nice guy. He ended up going to Syracuse. He's from the upper, greater upper, upstate New York area. Um, now he's playing for, I think, Toronto. Yeah? Yes. Yeah, he's yes, good, he a good keeper, sort of... nice guy. It was, yeah, was kind of cool what'd to you, see. What did you think of him playing there? Was he a standout above everyone else? And what was this, like a, like a D1 tryout? So this was tryout, a or? Northeastern and Providence camp uh, at Milton Academy in Boston. So shout out shout out Boston. Of course. Um, Can never yeah, forget. Yeah, there's there's I mean, most of the goalies that ended up being there were Division One goalies. So there's him, um, a guy who went to BC. I remember follow college soccer, but uh, Providence's best player last couple of years, a guy named Max Steves. He was there too. Like, I was kind of definitely the lower end of the talent spectrum at this camp. Let's just say. <laughs> I hope. Would you say you learned something there? Yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> I get, we play with those guys. I find when I play with goalies, so I can tell they're like so much better than me. I kind of just get salty because they also they always end up being like six four. Here at like five ten and three quarters, according to my doctor, and I'm just like, ah, why can't I be taller? Goal goes, and ah, I could have reached that if I was taller. I have this sourness about tall people. It's a it's a Bonaparte a Napoleon Bonaparte complex. I, I, even though I, I'm not that, it's come up twice. This episode this is a, going to be called Emmett is sour. Well, he, I think he can do a little bit more clever than that. But I think the I think the listeners will enjoy it, especially since Eric. Now you're breaking the full play store. This is a big step for us. It is. It? it is. I can't believe they approved us. Frankly, I think it shows. Do we know who it is? Can we give a shout out to them? <laughs> no, it's just. <laughs> is there a name? It's literally just the iTunes staff and the Google and the Ghost. All right, so we were talking about favorite team here, and we're going to jump to England because we've got an open relegation fight while still be relegated all the way to 20th place West Brom, who are probably toast at this point. I think you'd probably agree with me. No, they're going, it looks like they're going down. So Derek Grammer, Stoke City fan, the second... Of course, he was a... Uh, he was real. He, he was, was a was, talent there. Yeah, he was... That, he, <laughs> what were his... Ex- they don't deserve to be in the Premier League. <laughs> Derek, would you like to echo his sentiments, or what do you think? Um, after about three ninth-place finishes in a row, and then we had that 12th-place finish last year. Um, it's been really frustrating this year to see a couple more big names coming in. I was really optimistic about, like, Tupamoting coming in, for example. I thought the sale of... Another Arnautovic, Schalke player. I thought the sale of Arnautovic was well-timed. I thought we made a lot of money if he stayed another year. Um, Shakiri has been... He's been great at times, but just so inconsistent. Um... 
I mean, the fact that we have Peter Crouch consistently starting, I, mean, I love Peter Crouch. Let me just say as that. a guy, of course. As a guy, as a player too. I mean, he's he definitely adds a different dynamic out there. However, it just he I didn't expect him at what 35, 30, 34, 35 he is right now to be starting every game for I, Wasper Stoke. I do want to mention that that was my favorite January rumor was Peter Crouch to Chelsea. <laughs> that was that for those couple days, man, they really had me going there for a minute. You were really worried. I wasn't worried. I was like, at this point, I, if Peter Crouch or like Andy Carroll, that kind of striker had been signed, I was convinced. Or that an Olivier Giroud. They were, hey, how dare you? How dare you compare them? If they had been signed, I was convinced that it was going to be against Barcelona a win because 95th minute bicycle kick to win it would have been just too perfect. For Peter Crouch? Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Now my question to you That's, as a Chelsea fan, yes. what happened to Kurt Zuma? Uh, happy? No, what happened to him? Like, no, no, it, I, it, his middle name's Happy. Oh, okay. <laughs> he likes what happened to Happy? <laughs> Kurt Zuma, um, well, I don't know. What have you guys done to him? He was doing just fine well, the last no. time I kept tabs so on I, him. So I saw Kurt Zuma play when I was, what, like, 14, 15 in France. Right. Actually, when he's on St. Etienne. And I'm like, this guy's Quite a talent 18, 18-year-old, 19-year-old, super talent. Yeah, and, he's a He was a beast before that injury. And so he comes to Chelsea. Like, our, our defense the year before was definitely an issue, especially when Jack Butlin was out. Um... We were giving up like four or five goals a game almost for like a, four, like a spell at the end of the season. Seems like it's still happening. And it's still happening, exactly. We, we've played so many different defensive packages this year. It's kind of crazy. I mean, we've got three in the back, five in the back, four in the back. <laughs> Brought in Moritz Wagner like midweek towards the uh, – not Moritz Wagner, Moritz uh, Bauer, sorry. What are you thinking of uh, Michigan center? Thinking, uh, sorry, Moritz Wagner. Moritz, Moritz Bauer from – I think running from Russia. We watch other sports. Who would have thought – and uh, he started. He brought him in on a Thursday, and he started that Saturday. He like started two days after joining the team. Um, Interesting. Wow, that's unfortunate. I, but I he was, was. He's been good for them. He's, he's good. right back. Yeah, yeah. He's, 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 he's been actually been impressed me more than most players there. Here's the thing that like you, you know it's bad when Morata's scoring a hat trick against you, and I, I hate to say it like that because I mean you know me and I, I like Morata and I, I like want him to succeed, but it, when it was like two nothing, I'm like yeah, this is okay. Chelsea always had me on the edge of my seat. I guess I can't complain too much about that. Stoke gets a name. Tell me if I'm wrong here. Remember it's, Bojan? Yeah, it, it's it's exciting, right? You're like, oh my god, they got Mark Muniesa from Barcelona. What a talent he's gonna be. Kevin Vimmer from Tottenham. What a pickup. Kurt Zuma from Chelsea. Glenn Johnson from Liverpool. Jordan Bruno, Shakiri. Oh, I'm not. I'm still on the defense. Bruno <laughs> Martins Indy from Porto. Uh, Jeff Cameron, the American. Oh, oh yeah, the juggernaut. Right now we can get to the midfield. We Joe Allen, the Welsh star. Stephen Ireland, former Man City player. Chupo Moting from Schalke. Ibrahim Afalai, and Nup- he was a Barcelona guy, wasn't he? Yeah, I, I feel so. like I'm getting. Like John, here's one. Completely forgot. Janelli Mbula was supposed to be the next greatest midfielder to touch the the pitch. What happened to him? Zerdan Shakiri. Barcelona, Inter Milan, not Barcelona, Bayern Munich, Inter Milan, both knew this guy was a hack, but he was like, he still had some talent, right? There was something going on. Uh, Darren Fletcher, Man United star, of course, Bohan. Uh, Jesse Rodriguez from Real Madrid. Oh, man, how could I forget Hesse? Yeah. Wait, Saido Berahino, the future England star striker. Uh, You know, and I'm going to end on this one, Peter Crouch, Tottenham. Am I wrong that, like, it seems like they have talent? And every name comes in, you're like, oh, my God, how did they get a name from Real Madrid, Barcelona? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, I guess, address this in two buckets. So, as a Stoke fan, how I, how I, I agree. I felt very confident about most of these pickups. I kind of knew Glenn Johnson, for example, and Darren Fletcher were 
Not expected to be stars, right? That's fair. Yeah. They're at the end of their career. Yeah. They were just trying but to pad my The point. one player who's really has gone above and beyond my expectations was Joe Allen. I mean, he's been arguably the last two years our best player. He so, actually has been pretty good for them. Um, of the names I've listed, he's actually probably been yeah. one of the, the, the best. Is that okay? To, is that fair I to say? I would say that's probably true. I think the defensive, I mean, the Vimmer and Martin's Indy and um, Zuma, I just I don't understand why they can't play with the Stoke team out there. I just don't understand what's, what's going wrong. I, the thing with... And I, I, but I can say that I thought that Zuma was in a good in a good play. He's so strong. He's weak on the ball, which I think that if Conte does stick around, could be the death sentence of him at Chelsea. Weakness, to be honest. And it's unfortunate that that's the case. I, I thought he was doing better, though, so you've opened my... I would say. I mean, out of that list you mentioned there, the one that makes the least sense to me is Be- Be- the whole saga to get Saito Bejarino to Chelsea, or to Stoke. I mean, he was literally not even within the reserves of West Brom for about a year. He hasn't played in two years, is that right? Yeah. It's yeah, almost a year now. Something like that. And yet he's still, every single transfer window, I mean, granted, the Stoke transfer news is much harder to come by than Chelsea <laughs> or United. Or, but every time I'm, I'm pulling up whatever weird website I can find that has Stoke transfer rumors, he's always the top of the rumor list until we finally got him, and he just hasn't been good. Like, he's been inconsistent and just not great. Well, he hasn't even seen got a chance to see the field, which is, of course, because he's probably been terrible in training. Yeah. Um, I, wa- I want to ask you, of, of these names, it seems like there's a loss of identity in, in the team. You guys like, guys like Ryan Shawcross from a former era where it was, we're going to defend and we're going to play gritty. And as we talked about, a, a wet... Uh, you know, mog, muggy, night, muggy in night in Trinidad. Uh, Trinidad. The old saying was a cold, wet night in Stoke. It's one of the hardest places to go to win. I see. It seems now like it's uh, now Burnley, but um, can't do it at the turf more ever. No conditions under no conditions. Yeah, can't do it there. that's like the new place that's impossible to go to. But it seems like there's that loss of identity because then Hughes came in. They kind of tried to start playing better. You got guys like Muniesa. They got guys like Peters, um, Allen. They got uh, Shakiri, but then you still have guys like Charlie Adam, which are just like super gritty players. Charlie Adam, the vein of my FIFA existence. The guy who, oh yeah, well, that's a story for another time, but yeah. uh, Charlie Adam, I guess, uh, and Eric here are not good friends. No. But no, would you agree there's a loss of identity there? Yeah, no, I kind of think that's a big part of the problem is that we have, we don't really have depth within that, I guess, star, like that star started playing, actually playing soccer, kind of world, right? We have a good amount of starters like like the guys you just mentioned. Like when we had Bojan come in, we had Shakiri, we had Chubamoni, they like to have the ball at their feet, they like to play. And then your guys coming off the bench are just these grinders, right? You have like Charlie Adam coming off the bench, just like he's knocking people down, he's getting red cards, he's He's trying to break someone's leg. Yeah. And our, or I, put it in I, from I would say sixty the yards. Biggest <laughs> plays where this shows is in the defensive end. So send a defensive mid backwards to the back four. I mean we haven't we don't have a back four that can play the ball out of the back, right? And that's the biggest concern. It I seems have. like center mid is kind of a bit of a weakness here. Are you guys missing yeah. Steven and Zanzi? I mean, Dare I say? Yes, I think we are. I mean, he's been great at Sevilla since he's gone there. I, I it seems like there's kind of a lack of a defensive holding player there to support that defense. It almost seems like everyone in their midfield is meant to be a uh, let's-get-forward guy and almost be like a second striker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Let's play a game. I'm, they have seven matches left, right? So I'm going to go through each fixture, and we'll just quickly say if, they, if you think they can get something out of it, right? Yep. All right, at Arsenal, the Emirates. So the most we can get out of there is a draw. What do you think the score line is going to be? I think we're going to draw. I think you we're going to draw. He doesn't care. I think we're 0-0 zero, zero draw. I think we're going to grind Ooh. him out. All right, I'm going to have to go. I'm going to throw in my own hat in the ring here. 
I think it's going to be like a 4-1 Arsenal win. Yeah, probably. Sorry, Derek. Sorry, I don't even like I, Arsenal. I can, I can see Arsenal being... Uh, It'll be a rally in Point Revenger. I can see Arsenal picking it up at the end. <laughs> we have, we have talk been, about beating the mighty Stoke City. We have been like a, a rallying point game for a lot of teams this year. It's like they're playing poor in, in Europe or they're playing poor in the yeah, lose an FA Cup game. Imagine, oh, we got Stoke next week and they go and win like 4 nothing. You know, <laughs> need to shore up that I, defense. I hate to hear that. Uh, Stoke City, they host Tottenham. It's, uh, unfortunately, that's, I'm going to say it's a loss. I, I hate to say it, but... That's, I think that's, they can pull a draw there. Uh, you know, I... I'm the one who's been kind of like what? questioning Stoke, but I can see that of any games being one. Listen, Harry Kane's still injured. Yeah, they're going to be, be back for that. Youngman Son has scored maybe one goal on the road despite his awesome goal scoring record. Who's going to score their goals? Deli Alley, maybe I think I Christian score against Stoke at this point. It's possible, but it, I, I, that that could be a draw. Again, I wasn't. They could pull out a result there. So who knows? I, I have more respect for Tottenham than I do for Arsenal, so that's kind of hence my. I, th- I think everyone does, yeah. unless you're an Arsenal fan. Even then, you probably... I don't do, respect but... either of them, but that's just me. Yeah. Uh, okay, we- apparently uh, West Ham going to the Olympic Stadium, a team in crisis. That could be so a big I, game. I, this is the fixture for me that's going to determine if we're if we're going to stay up or not because I think if we can pull a win against West Ham, um, that that's the rejuvenation that we need. This is our, this is our Super Bowl. That, this is our FA Cup final. This is our World Cup final against West Ham at West. Must win because West Ham still have a game in hand over Stoke, and they're three point and uh, Stoke is three points behind West Ham. Don't get any points from the two games before that. Well, that's true. Yeah, they could but, be in trouble. Yeah, that's that even if we do get points, unless we get OW. Then host Burnley, who's been impressive. Impressive, impressive, but at least you get to not have to go to the turf more this time. Yeah, gritty game. I mean, Burnley, if Burnley gets their way there, they're just going to try and suffocate us out, and they've been doing it against much better teams this year. So, Do, do you go to their style? Do you play that 4-4-2? Do you try to end the game Sean Dyche, I.E. Worm style? Or do you try to, you know, do what Stokes been trying to do with the Mark Hughes style and actually play good soccer and outplay them? Because it hasn't really seemed to work. I, I would love us to go to just a gritty style and play that game 4-4-2. I, I would I, love, I would love each, each team ending with eight players. I think I'd yeah. love that. Make it a, a shootout, you know, a shootout of other proportions, not goal scoring, but more players lost. Well, unfortunately, for, unfortunately, Hopefully for not you, injury. unfortunately for you, the shootout's coming the next week. Liverpool, yeah. Stoke City have to go to Liverpool. At this, I think this game might have to be about damage control. That might be the one you just have to try not to lose by more than two. I think you just, I difference. think you throw in some reserves, get some people. You can't just tank that one. You tank gotta, that one. You got to save your men. Put, I put ten guys in the Champions League if they can knock out City. Imagine. The more they're going to be occupied with, with mid-championship spot, unless they have a chance to fight for that, I like guess second or they won't be. They can't catch City, I don't think. So, unless they have a chance, possible that, but improbable. Yeah. So uh, they that that if all kind of shakes out how I'm hoping it will, Liverpool might just see this game as a place where they can throw out like they can throw out the reserves. <laughs> they'll, exactly. throw, they'll throw out the reserves, and we might be able to scrounge a point. But I mean, okay. Liverpool, Liverpool for me has been, I mean, aside from City, the the most impressive team this year. Again, it might be a time to go for the gritty style of play again. <laughs> bring back Charlie Adam. You might want to be careful. If, if, I'm telling you one thing: if they show any signs of a gritty style, Salah, uh, Firmino, all those players are sitting because I'm not putting them anywhere near that. Like five minutes into the game, Charlie Adam always already hacks down three players, making three subs. Firmino, Salah, get out of the game. Mana, you're out. Yeah. Okay. Stoke City. Then they get to host. It's Crystal Palace. Could be another big one. I feel this is the one I feel the best about. These last two games are. Yeah. They have to stay in contention for these yeah, last they, two games. They will. I like. They will likely be important. I like. I like this fixture at home against Palace. I think. Palace is also just like not not a great team. A lot of crisis going on. There's there. some They're, crisis there as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And the last game, Swansea City. You got to go to Wales. The, the Vils- you want to stay up. I know. And this is going to be probably. I mean, knowing knowing how Stoke has 
as, been, as how being a Stoke fan is, we're going to miraculously put ourselves in a place where we need a draw to make it through, and we're going to lose. And Really? That's what we were seeing at this point? That's kind of how I feel it's possibly going to go. I mean, that, look, that game, you, you probably aren't going to want to talk to me that week before that game. I'm going to be very nervous. Fair like, enough. I'm Assuming be, it comes down to it. Unfortunately, we're still going to be teams, over by then. One of those two teams is going to be in the danger zone. You, yeah. you think that uh, Swansea will still be there? Because, I mean, Swansea's been on a pretty good run themselves. I mean, they sit 14th now in the table. But It's only a point. I get that. But, but we have to look at their fit. Uh, Everton. Who could Man be scared City, of Man United? Chelsea. Okay, that could be pretty rough for them. Uh, this game is they go to West Brom, and they and they host Southampton. Oof, man, this is and gonna be, Everton. This is going to be exciting, right? Like they probably have a tougher schedule than the uh, Liverpool, Tottenham, Arsenal. That uh, I actually kind of hope West have. Brom can go on a run here. Can you imagine like the they last three weeks of this? No, well, maybe not get out of it, but like, can you imagine the last three weeks of the season? Just, Make it close. Just cut, like seven teams battling to stay out of relegation. Take some heads on the way out. Oh, that would be beautiful. I, I would be really. I mean. I'm definitely as a fan very. Ho- I'm hopeful we can stay up, but I'm I'm definitely worried. I have not hit the panic button yet, but it's been, there's been, there's been it close. Could be time. I don't I don't want to worry you, uh, but Sky Sports did put out, and this was back at the beginning of March, so things have will have adjusted a little bit since then. But they talked about the average position of the remaining opponents for each of the sort of relegation bound teams at the moment. Now Brighton, the team in twelfth, actually, so the team furthest away from this conversation, actually have the toughest remaining opponents, and just in terms of table positioning, because they're at, they have five matches against the top six when this article was published, and their average uh, position opponent was seven in the table. Stoke have the third hardest, right below uh, West Ham, who are second, and then after that it's Newcastle, West Brom, Huddersfield, Watford, Crystal Palace, Bournemouth. Southampton, you can kind of see the problem here. We're getting closer to the bottom. Swansea's down here. This is what is this? This is a predicted finish, or no? This is this is, is strength of the, remaining the strength schedule. of the remaining schedule. So Swansea on, actually has one of the easier yes, schedules. Swansea remaining. has one of the easier schedules, ironically. So, it, it, that's that's good news for Stoke, isn't it? No, what? No, no it's it's bad news for that's us. Horrific <laughs> news for Stoke. Every other teams have difficult schedules too, though. Well, yeah, they do, but the Stoke has the third hardest one. I will say we have not played. We have actually gotten some better results against good teams this year than we have against bottom half teams. It seems like it's a bit of a mixed bag. It's Either you're going to get thrashed seven well, look, one, or you're going to get a decent. This result, This happens right? every year, right? These teams that are fighting for relegation at the end, they find the form because everybody starts rallying together, and it's like, wait a minute, I don't want to play in the championship. Someone's going to do it, right? Somebody has to go to the championship. Right now, it seems like. Well, I mean, other than I, uh, somebody. You mean somebody's going to turn it around? Swansea yeah. so far has been yeah, that they, team. Carvalho has done a great job there. I, I'm going to. It's gotten a limb and say it's still early. I think there's gonna be another team that does it. I'm hoping it's West Brom. I, I think I, I hope it, I hope it's West Brom. I'm, Sorry, Derek. I'm really. I, <laughs> I, mean, I think overcome a lot of points. I'm really hoping that uh, West Ham can get relegated. I, I really want to see West oh, Ham man. go down. Olympic Honestly, Stadium in the Championship. Oh. Yep. They kind of deserve it, don't they? I mean, I don't know if they deserve it. The club's in turmoil. Have you seen the stuff, like the fans running onto the pitch? Yeah, and it's absurd. If yeah. you listen to some of the fans talk about it, it is such a sad story. The, the ownership may have. And, um, yeah, bit so off more than they can chew. That's which, which, which you know, maybe means it take they need to rebuild in the in the championship. Now it doesn't work for every team. Look at Sunderland; they might be in League One next year, or Blackpool when they went down. Yeah, well, and I mean, again, we can look at the other sides of those. Wolverhampton went down to League One, and then now they're about to be back in the Premier League. And to be clear, Sunderland care. will likely be in League One next year. They currently sit twenty fourth in the championship. Yeah, so it's back around. 
pull up Wolverhampton. Who knows? Yeah, Wolves looking like they're coming back to the Premier Wolves League. Wolves are pretty much Chinese Everton. Maybe that's it helps. Stoke, Stoke could use big. a Chinese. It helps so, bigly. We have the thing is what bothers me a little bit about Stoke is that I mean Peter Coates is the owner. He owns Bet Three Six Five. It's like the biggest employer in the city of Stoke on Trent. So it, and Bet Three Six Five is one of the bigger online betting sites in Europe. And so this this he's a pretty wealthy owner for. I guess domestic ownership standards in England, and he's but he's always kind of tried to run the club as a business as opposed to as a club. Essentially, he's like always refrained from trying to make that big purchase. And if there's ever a chance to sell a player for more than they deem them valuable, like essentially Arnautovic, he will always take that chance to sell them. And I think the problem that a lot of fans, myself included, are having now is the last couple of years he has spent more money, but the spending hasn't been positive. I and we're kind of scared that maybe we don't. Under, like, we don't really know. I, I think the identity point was probably the best point that's been made here is that players to hope they fit into our mold that we kind of have with the current roster we have. And we need to, I think if we do go down, we might be like, no, I don't think we'll go down again, again but like, we would really be in the bottom half of the championship. Tell me what you think best describes him. Um, businessman, there's the players from that, or Gosh. great chairman and leading Stoke to victory. I think this, I think it's between the second and third option at this point. I think they're putting a lot of players that are trying are about to research because the, the Arnautovic experiment went so well, right? They, yes. He was a player that had a head case off the pitch, and they brought it, they thought, okay, Mark Hughes can kind of turn him around, and that that correctly happened. Mm-hmm. And they've been trying to strike goal of, with that same mentality for years now, hmm. and it's not working. Well, uh, I wasn't I didn't really have a dog in this fight before, but uh, you've convinced me. I I want to see Stoke succeed. It would be, it'd be a shame to see them go down. They're not, they're not Sunderland. Let's be real. Oh gosh, Sunderland. Yeah, poor souls there. Well, thankfully for us, this podcast and the international weekend are coming to a close. Thankfully. So, yes, thankfully. Uh, still, some games before domestic leagues can return to action. Uh, tomorrow's loaded: Russia, France, Denmark, Chile, Germany, Brazil. <laughs> I'm sure the Brazilian people will hope, hope be hoping for better results on that one. That game is a meme. Waiting to happen. <laughs> that game was. That game. Have you ever seen the YouTube edit where they make it seem like uh, Brazil won the game? I have not. <laughs> they literally photo. I don't want to call it Photoshop. They literally edit it so that Germany misses the goal every single time that they score of the seven. And so it's and one nothing. So Brazil wins it one nothing. It's fantastic. I have seen that they posted uh, the full game replay to a uh, adult video site. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> because oh, of the thrashing that Brazil got. Oh boy. Uh, England, Italy, Spain, Argentina. That's a fun one. Mexico, Croatia. I, was, I guess I'll, we'll call it interesting. And Leave that's that. the nicest way I can put it. And the U.S., Paraguay, weren't. But, FYI. you know, North Carolina wants their soccer. Yeah. It's a chance to prove themselves. Yeah. Well, MLS is back this week as well. Friday night action, if you want to get in on that. Toronto hosts Real Salt Lake. And then on Saturday, full slate of games, Orlando, New York Red Bulls, Columbus Crew, Vancouver, the L.A. Derby, 3 p.m. Eastern, like I said, on Bart Simpson Fox. Tune in. They need the ratings. Uh, <laughs> Chicago Fire hosts the Portland Timbers. Minnesota United against Atlanta United. Battle of United. Uh, San Jose Earthquakes versus NYCFC. Houston Dynamo, New England Revolution. Sporting Kansas City, D.C. United. Colorado Rapids against your Philadelphia Union. I hope Wonderful. you can win that one. Uh, Seattle Sounders, Montreal Impact, that could be fun too. Some decent games on, you know, yeah, I'd say with at, the parity in the league. It's last, week, good games. last week Emmett was complaining, Derek, that the, the league was doing horrific things to itself by having all these weeks off and like six teams on a bye in a given week. Well, I told him, I said, just look forward to this week and look at that, a full slate. 
But there's 10 action. games, 20 teams, there's 23 teams in the league. There's still three teams on a bye. When are they just going to get it down to one? 11 games. Oh, wait, no, there's 11 games. Yeah. There was the Friday game. How could yeah. I forget? How could you possibly forget the matinee between Toronto and Real Salt Lake? Two of the bottom feeders. So they finally got it right. I'm excited for it. Guys, game of the week. Go ahead. It's the LA Derby. I'm not even going to try to sugarcoat this one. I'm really looking forward to it. Derek? I like that San Jose um, NYCFC game, I think. It will be aired on, uh, I believe it's ESPN. Is it or Fox. Or, no, it would be ESPN2, right? It's aired on ES, being aired on ESPN2. Oh, that's right. So yeah. it is, you know, the execs be, uh, are agreeing with you there. Well, they believe in New York City. And it's not. It, and it has both things they want. New York City FC and not Yankee Stadium. Love that. I'm going to go with the rematch. Minnesota host Atlanta. will be the first time since Atlanta had that thrashing in the snow against Minnesota. Want to see how they react after that. Obviously not the same marquee matchup as the Galaxy game, but it'll be interesting historical standpoint. Uh, I don't want to give you the Medill F, but I'm going to have to give you the Medill F because they did they, actually face off in October. They faced off again? They faced off and you, uh, in Minnesota? And Minnesota won the game 3-2. I don't Being know. More historic the, I believe than, the game was actually in Atlanta, though. So. It was in Atlanta. Yes. There's no way they played two home games in Minnesota. Yeah, so it was Yeah, no, that's the, fir- the return to Minnesota. Oh, so you're saying this is their first time back. Okay, fine. Can I can I take that Medell F and just, like, kind of throw it back? You will do no such thing on this podcast. I'll keep it in my pocket for later. <laughs> All right. Uh, closing thoughts? Should a question. Is that Real Salt Lake game? Is that in Salt Lake, or are we talking? Uh, I believe it's in Toronto. Okay. I was going to say, there's teams, things to watch out for this year that I, for me, that I feel like I'm, I'm definitely keeping a pulse on in the MLS. Colorado, Salt Lake, at the, both those two teams at home. High altitude, altitude it's makes hard it to play. And as we say on this podcast every single week, going on the road is so tough. Always tough. Always tough. Uh, well, LAFC could do it in Real Salt Lakes, but, you know, they're a special animal. Yeah. Well, you know what's not tough? Downloading this podcast on iTunes and taking it on the road. So you can sure. listen to it in your car, you in your bed, where all, that's that's about all, all the places you can <laughs> listen to it, but that's pretty good. All right. For Emmett, Derek, I'm Eric. That kind of rhymed. I Eric like it. and Derek, yeah. We're going to end on that. Thank you so much for listening.